Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? We welcome you into the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James, go here, let's go. Oh, we missed last week. You know why we missed last week? Well, there's only two people in this room right now. Yep. One of us was in jury duty. That was me. One of us was on vacation. That sounds a hell of a lot more exciting. Than, than jury duty? <laughs> jury yeah. Duty. I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> MG, my guy, Marcus Grant in the building. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Rested, uh, excited, because, I mean, on NFL Network today begins inside training camp. So. ITC. That means it's Can live. you feel me? That means it's live, y'all. It's real. <laughs> it's it is real. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so we missed last week, so now here we are. We're back for uh, two episodes a week now. Yeah. Um, I want to say moving forward, but it's going to be moving forward uh, for you, Marcus Grant, not for myself. Uh, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll just let the cat out of the bag. Uh-oh. Uh, it's my last week here at NFL Network. <sighs> <laughs> yes. It is my last week here at NFL Network. It's my last. Uh, it's going to be my last two podcasts here uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, so today, Thursday, I'm 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 linking in programming. Uh, I'm I'm advertising the show, and I'm also letting the fans know <laughs> it's my last. Week I just at the NFL. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go dig up some old 1980s Paul Young. <laughs> Every time you go away, you take a piece of me with you. I'm, uh, I'm, and you know, the thing is, um, you know, we, we've known, everyone in this room has known, well, it's just you and me now, but, it's <laughs> so sad. Uh, but no, but uh, the folks who needed to know have, have known, known, have known. Uh, for a few months now. And, um, and man, it is crazy if you think about this. Last year, and no offense, Marcus, I mean, you were busy, you know, doing the whole TV thing last year, but there was four members of this podcast in uh, 2017 uh, that were that was on every show during yep. the regular season. It was myself, it was Alex Gilhar, it was Matt Franchise, it was Matt Harmon as well. Uh, starting next week, zero for four. Man. That's the golden sombrero right there. Just It is. It is. <laughs> we, are, we are sort of like the um – we're like that one 49ers offseason. 
Yeah. Right? Oh, when everybody yes. left. When, Everyone you know, was gone. Patrick Willis retired. Yeah. Uh, Chris Borland retired. Kaepernick is, you know, let go. Like, it, it was like everything. Jim Harbaugh ends up getting fired. Like, the, the 49, we're, we're sort of like that team. Yes. We, we, we'd, we'd built something great. We were on the pinnacle of greatness. Uh, and then it just. Knocking on the door. And then, and then we throw three history. fade patterns to Michael Crabtree in the corner of the end zone. We could have just given it to Frank Gore and gotten in the end zone and scored. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. That was a little personal. I'm sorry. <laughs> but unlike the uh, 49ers team, it will not be manned by uh, Jim Tomsula. No. Oh, no. <laughs> it will not. I could uh, try to grow a mustache. It wouldn't, it wouldn't look nearly as good. <laughs> MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, will uh, continue to be on the podcast. Actually, I, I, I'm speaking out of turn here because I don't know what the hell. Uh, you guys are planning. I'm, I'm obviously. I, I will be here. Them. Okay, good. Uh, okay, yeah, good. I will be here for the foreseeable future. Um, I mean, you'll, you'll be here. I didn't know if you were going to do the podcast or if you're not doing the podcast. I mean, the, I know you've got a busy slate next. The, year. the plan is for me to carry on. Okay. Uh, we're we're going to rebuild the roster. Rebuild it. We're, we're you know it's like it's like people after a natural disaster we will rebuild. Rebuild. All so. right. Rebuild it and they there will come. Um. Buried in all this is uh, producer Christine. I'm sorry. I uh, forgot to get you. It's all right. I'm back here. You're back. Uh, you're back as well. Yes. Uh, where were you last week? I went to the ESPYs. Oh, you went to the ESPYs. Ooh, fancy. Ooh. Yes. Uh, did you Did you get all red carpeted out and everything? Yes, I did. Oh, really? Yep. It was It was my first time working the red carpet, which was very cool. A- any red carpet? Or yes. that red carpet? Any red carpet. Oh, any red Oh. Yeah, oh. I had been to fancy. a red carpet before, but yes. not for work. Okay. And, yeah, it was a total, totally new experience. It was okay. Cool. I don't follow you on Instagram. Were, th- were these Instagram-worthy photos? Yes. Oh, 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 yes. oh good. Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. Get the IG going. <laughs> um, how do people follow you on – you're on Twitter, too, I think. Yep. Twitter uh, is C underscore Buzzwell. Okay. And then Instagram, Christina Buzzwell. Christina Buzzwell. Yep. Go look Very it up. Very easy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, so there you go. Um, so we got a great show in front of you here today. I promise you it won't be all, you know, weepy-eyed and <laughs> all those things. That might be – I'll save that for Thursday. How about that? But we got a uh, we got a great show in front of us here today. Uh, Going to be talking, to, of course, about running backs and young running backs as well. Uh, Chris Carson, how does he eat into Rashad Penny? How does uh, Devontae Booker eat into – uh, what might be a breakout campaign for Royce Freeman? I mean, so much hype behind Rashad Penny and Royce Freeman. How will those guys uh, fare going into 2018? We'll talk about Chargers. We'll talk about Antonio Gates, Hunter Henry. Plus, MG Mike Marcus Grant. He's got a great article on NFL.com slash fantasy right now. It is talking about the best players you are not drafting. Undrafted guys right now and some of the best upside value plays that you should be investing in super late in your draft. And I, of course, co-sign on so many of these, man. I would think so. I mean, there's... I feel like the, a lot of these names are right up your alley. Mike Williams is in there. Paul Richardson is in there. I love it. Uh, Michael Gallup as well. Naheem Hines, who is, uh, who's got a great 40 time. So, I mean, of so, course... So, definitely you're on board. <laughs> I'm on board, baby. Let's go. <laughs> and then we're going to close out your show with a round of daily daps. But we start your show, as we always do, with your top fantasy headlines. Oh, my God, the news! We really do have breaking news. Hey, did you guys know that the Eagles, the <laughs> Patriots, are playing in the Super Bowl? That is breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> news. All right, we'll start in Cleveland. Josh Gordon, so much rumor and speculation surrounding uh, Josh Gordon right now. He's not going to be there at the start of training camp. A lot of speculation. Oh, my goodness, has he been suspended again? Has he been suspended again? Um... Josh Gordon tweeted this out. 
Uh, and this is a, uh, a screen grab that he took and posted on Twitter. I'm reaching out to you, you all personally, letting you know I am not only doing great physically, but mentally as well. I don't think that last part is probably true. Uh, you will notice that I will not be in Cleveland for the start of training camp. Rest assured, this too is a part of my overall health and treatment plan. I appreciate the awesome support I've received from teammates, friends, fans, and the Browns organization. Uh, just like you, I'm excited to start the season. I have every intention of being ready and available to join my teammates soon to help bring winning football to our fans. Uh, I think he's probably doing great physically. I would imagine because he is not doing well mentally, that is why he is not there at the start of training camp. So now what then Tom Pelissero also tweeted out was that, quote, for anyone suspicious of Josh Gordon's announcement that he won't be at the start of Brown's camp, he's, quote, absolutely not suspended, according to a source continuing to work on his issues, as Gordon said in his tweets. What do we make of the news, Marcus Grant? Well, right now I'm, I'm, I am taking it at face value. You yeah. know, the, the, the early reports have been that this is sort of a pre-planned thing that, okay. that they want to, you know, what it sounds like is basically they want to take Josh Gordon sort of out of this training camp hype element right now, get him somewhere where he can get his mind right and get himself prepared for the regular season. I mean, obviously not only does he have – the rigor, rigors of training camp in the regular season to get ready for. Uh, let's not forget, the, the Hard Knocks cameras are going to be hanging around Brown's camp this year, True. too. So that's I think that's True. an added level of concern, I think, for the Cleveland Browns. And so right now, I, I am willing to take this at face value that Josh Gordon is just taking some time away, that this is a pre-planned thing, and that he will be back and ready. Now, you know, if we get to, say, week three of the preseason and we haven't seen much of Josh Gordon, okay, uh, I may start to freak out a little bit. But right now, I'm, I'm willing to just play it cool. You know, the thing is, even if he misses the preseason, I wonder how much that will – well, I mean, cer certainly it will dampen the uh, enthusiasm surrounding drafting Josh Gordon. But, uh, I mean, keep in mind, la he came in cold last year. Mm -hmm. And he played well. He balled. I thought he played well. So – um, you know, I, I don't know what to make of all the news. I mean, certainly we already knew drafting Josh Gordon comes with a lot of implied risk. Right. Uh, just because, look, he, he's, uh, I mean, uh, uh, he's basically, you know, uh, a mistake away. I don't even want to call it a mistake. He, he's a, I, I, I don't know, he, he's a test away. How about right, that? He's right. a test away from being gone for, you know, Two years. Who knows how long? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying. And look, I understand. I understand why there was Twitter panic this morning. Oh, you know? sure. When, when of course, I, I, look, I'm I'm sitting there eating my breakfast and just trying to catch up on you know whatever news I might have missed overnight. Um, and I see this, and I think I had the same first thought that everybody else did. Like, oh no, something happened. Did he relapse? Did he get suspended? What right. have you? So. I, I totally get it. But after kind of reading some other reports, getting some other explanations, um, I kind of backed down off of that. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm willing to take this at face value. All right. There you go. Uh, few, let's get a few real quick headlines out of the way here, just in terms of reporting to training camp. So LaShawn McCoy reporting to training camp. Obviously, uh, he's got some serious investigations underway there as well. How will that impact him? I don't know yet. We'll find out. Odell Beckham Jr., he's reporting for camp. Uh, David Johnson, contract dispute. He's uh, reporting for a training camp as well. Uh, I would imagine, I don't. I haven't seen anything official yet, but Le'Veon Bell, it, I mean, come on, he's not going to be at camp. He's probably not going to play in the preseason. Um, all of those things as well. Just want to get those things out of the way. All right, how about Jordan Howard? Is he a three-down back? 
Matt Nagy seems to think so. He told reporters he believes Jordan Howard can stay in and be effective as a pass catcher. As a pass catcher. Marcus Grant, you buying the coach speak? Nope. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I know we you know, usually we, we do like a, a hype train smoke screen sort of thing this time of year. This this uh, I mean, you can't even see the room. There's so much. Smoke. So much. I mean, there's just so smoke. much. smoke. You got to open the Man. door, get a get a, a fresh uh, a breath of fresh air. I mean, I mean, there's too put, much smoke. Who put that towel under the door? Like we need to clear <laughs> this out of here. Um, look, there's nothing in Jordan Howard's past that that suggests he unless he went out and, and either worked on it or bought a new pair of hands in the offseason or something. Okay. All right. I just I don't know where all of a sudden he becomes this pass catching back, and so I I think you know I think in Matt Nagy's mind he would like Jordan Howard to be a three down back. Right. I can see that. Like he would like to keep him on the field for three downs, and maybe he even does. But I just have this feeling that unless it's you know third and short, how about if they get nine yards on first and second down? Then then, then he's, he's a in three there. Down back, then he's baby. a three down back. He's you a know, you back. put him in there for third and one and let him run it. But you know, if you're looking at third and six or whatever, I just I, I can't yeah. believe that defenses are going to buy that Jordan Howard is going to you know run a wheel route and and embarrass a linebacker and make an over the shoulder catch. Like I just I don't see that. Right. Uh, I'll give you some uh, some. I've I've looked at the numbers, folks. Uh oh. I have looked at the numbers, baby. Jordan Howard's 12 drops over the last two seasons are the most of any running back during that time. He's dropped nearly 15% of all the targets thrown his way the last two years. Is that bad? That seems bad. 15%? <laughs> that seems bad. That is, I mean, those are not those are not, not catches. I'm saying those are drops. <laughs> just straight drops. Just, just, just clanked it. Those are the drops. Those are not the not catches because those are different. I'm not even saying. I mean, I, I mean, it's not that he's caught now 85 percent of the time. No, 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 no. He's dropped 15 percent right. of all the targets. That's not. That's not counting the ones that were just you know bad throws. Right. Or, you know whatever. Th that count as targets, you know. but are you know not catchable. Not catchable or, or def a defender made a play. Yeah, or what exactly. Have. Right. Exactly. He's in tight coverage, whatever it might be. Those don't count as drops. They just, you know, not catches. But 15% were dropped. Those were all the targets thrown his way. That is so bad. It's so horrendous. I can't even I can't even relay to you how bad that is. Um, I looked at some other notable running backs and he's in that, you know, I guess he's in like that Adrian Peterson, Jonathan Stewart type guys who can't catch the football uh, rate. I think generally if you're looking at a starting running back, um, they're well below 9% in terms of drops, uh, drop percentage for targets. Mm -hmm. That Well below 9%. I mean, there are guys that are like 2% drop, right. drop rate. You know what I'm saying? So um, I just, yeah. When Matt Nagy starts talking to me about – Jordan Howard as a pass catching back. I, I mean, mean, look, it's maybe good. maybe in two years, it's good to want things. In 2018, there's a zero percent chance. I mean, not. I mean, you and you've written about this. No, there's no, especially when you've got a guy like Tariq Cohen back right. there. How are you going to throw in Jordan Howard? I, I, How are you going to do that? that? I mean, that's part of why I just think this is a smokescreen. It's it's yeah. it's you know they're not going to come into training camp and say, hey, look. Jordan Howard's first and second down. Tariq Cohen's our third down guy. Okay. All right, defensive coordinators, go get it. Like, I think this is, you know, this is all. And, and, and look, maybe they are working out third down packages that involve Jordan Howard. I right, can even right, see, right. I can even see them both being on the field at the same time occasionally this yes. year. But this idea, I would love to see that. Right. This I would I, love to see that. This idea that somehow Jordan Howard is going to become Todd Gurley. 
you know, in an off season, like it's just not going to happen. Nah, duh. <laughs> you know? uh, let's talk about the ADPs. Jordan Howard right now, mid twenties ADP. Tariq Cohen, mid sixties ADP. Uh, let's say you play in a PPR. So many more people converting now to PPR uh, than in the past. Would you take Jordan Howard? I know he's not going to catch a lot of footballs, but um, I, I've kind of never believed the fact that if you're look, if you're going to get thirteen hundred scrimmage yards and you're going to get eight to ten touchdowns, do you care about the catches? No, I, I, and I think I think this is part of it. Is I think sometimes we get caught up, especially with running backs, right? Looking for you know either either you think he's a pass catching guy, so you look at the number of targets and catches he gets and the receiving yards, or you think he's a runner and you're looking at his his rushing yards, right? And this was you know to bring up one of my worst hits. Uh, this is sort of that was sort of my argument about Tavon Austin a few years ago was that like. He's not necessarily going to blow you away in one category, but you don't really care as long as you get those cumulative yards. Like if he if he gives you, you know, if Jordan Howard this year gives you 90 rushing yards in a game and then 30 receiving yards or whatever, right? You're not like, oh, he only got me 30 receiving yards. You're like, I got 120 yards and yeah, maybe he got in the end Let's zone. Go. You know what I'm saying? Like right. that's fine. And so yeah, I think yeah. I think sometimes we sort of get too laser focused on one side of the stat sheet, not realizing that that the way the game is played now and the way that, that the athletes are deployed now, right. um, it's just about their total production. And don't worry about how you – as my father once told me a long time ago, they don't ask you how, they ask you how many. And that's what <laughs> – you know, right. I, I want to know how many right. touchdowns he got at the end yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Howard having a mid-20s ADP. By the way, this is Fantasy Football Calculator in a 12-team PPR format. So, that, so it is calculating PPR. Um, Howard has a mid-20s ADP. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, that would slide him into the end of the second round, early third round. I think that, to me, sounds about right. Um, and, and and I know that in standard leagues, of course, of course he will have better value in standard versus PPR. Of course. I'm not saying that. But I'm not the kind of guy that's saying, hey, listen, he's going to be, you know, uh, an early 20s guy in non-PPR, but in PPR, oh, I'm sliding him down to 40. Like that just isn't, you know, it just doesn't. That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, generally speaking, I might move them down a few notches. Sure, right. there, there's not generally a wide amount of variance in my standard versus PPR. Not rankings. at the top, you right? Know? I mean, you know, for a few guys, yes, but generally speaking, there's just not a wide range of variance. If you had back in the day guys like Danny Woodhead catching you 35, 40, 45, 50 passes, yeah. Absolutely. Not much value in standard, but in PPR, sign me up all day long. And there are going to be guys like, and as a matter of fact, Tariq Cohen, I think, is that guy, right? I mean, he's got a mid-60s ADP, but I tell you what, man, if this guy can get you 900 total yards, but doing it with 35 to 40 catches, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. In non-PPR, all you care about is the fact that he's going to get you 850, 900 yards. That's not enough. That's not enough. But if he gets you 35, 40, yes. Yes. 100%. You're, you're tacking on more there. You know yep. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Tariq Cohen is that guy, and I understand the mid-60s. Well, and I've gone on record and say I think mid-60s is a bit bit pricey. But if you like him, you like this offense. I feel you like think, we, we've hashed that out yeah, on this very yeah, show. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly, oh, by the way, MG, <laughs> he's also written about this if you uh, want to find it, nfl.com slash grant, nfl.com slash grant to find all of his terrific work. All right, let's go to the Pacific Northwest. Chris Carson, is he going to be the starter? Chris Carson, will he be the starter? Does that mean first-round draft pick? Rashad Penny is not going to be the starter there in Seattle? Well, very well-respected beat writer Bob Condotta of the Seattle Times says that's what he's expecting. Quote, 
Carson figures to be at the top of the depth chart heading into camp. The Seahawks will find ways to use Penny, either rotating in with Carson or on third down two-minute rolls and potentially as a returner, potentially as a special teams Which I guy. Believe he, but I, did, I believe he did return kicks at San Diego State. Even if that's the case, though, let me just say, if this guy is being utilized um, in Seattle on special teams, to me that – I know this sounds weird – but it, it, it increases his real-life value. In fantasy, it decreases it because I tell you what, it's awfully hard. It is awfully hard to go out there, run around on special teams, and then take first and second down and then third down. That's just my thought. Um, you don't see it very often. You, every now and again, you will. You'll see those dudes. But for the vast majority of players, if they are starting running backs in the NFL, you don't see them playing special teams, man. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and, look, and I was I was sort of – I've been half-heartedly on board the Rashad Penny train. Like, okay. I, I believe he's going to be an impact player this year. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think there's there has always been confusion in Seattle in that backfield in the last couple of years. Ever, ever since Marshawn Lynch left, right. there's been nothing but confusion in that backfield. And Chris Carson was – Good, and I know we're going to get to the you know the best players you're not drafting, but right. he Chris Carson was on that list of guys yeah. simply because of reports like this one. There, I mean, this is not the only report suggesting that Chris Carson either will be the starter or will get a legit chance to be the starter. Right, and I think I think maybe it's that post draft hype that we all go through. And he's a first round pick, Rashad right. Penny. Not only is a first round pick, they traded up. That's right, they traded up to get him. So I know right. that you know suddenly we start huffing these fumes of excitement and yes. everything, and everybody's like, oh yeah. Yeah, you know, that this is the guy. But maybe not. I mean, we know Pete Carroll is notorious for, for spurring competition and that sort of thing. And so, you know, I just haven't completely gone wholeheartedly into the Rashad Penny thing this year just, okay. just because there's still so much uncertainty coming out of camp there. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it, man. I mean, Chris Carson suffered a really bad injury last year. Uh, what was it, a broken bone in his lower leg or something like that? So, I mean, the recovery time for that is going to be pretty significant. Um, does he still have the explosiveness? And remember, he was such a powerful running back last year, man. Um, does he still have that coming off of, of what was a pretty gruesome injury last year? I, I, I'm not 100% sure. Look, I've gone on record on this podcast and told you I've got a man crush on Rashad Penny. I think this kid out of San Diego State, this dude is the truth, man. Uh, he closed out his senior season with five consecutive 200-plus yard rushing games. This dude can ball, man. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He is an absolute baller. Um, and I think Seattle has done a lot to try to, to get back to power football. I think they've tried to revamp their offensive line a bit. Um, and, and everything and all the storylines coming into camp, coming into the preseason, is that uh, Pete Carroll would like to, to play a little bit more ball control. Um, and, and it makes a lot of sense from a personnel standpoint, too, because, look, their defense is not as good as it was, clearly. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, it might not be that good at all. But uh, you need to protect that side of the football, and how are you going to do that? you got to control clock. You can't have, and especially you can't have your franchise quarterback running around just getting tagged all the time. Just can't do it. So, I don't know. To me, it makes a lot of sense from a personnel standpoint that they want to get back to power football. Chris Carson and Rashad Penny certainly fit that bill. They do. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know if we're going to go to a situation where all of a sudden there is just a guy yeah. that gets all that work. That's right. Um, and so that that may be the, the confusion here. And right now, the way it works in terms of draft value Chris Carson 
is a hell of a lot cheaper draft-wise right. than Rashad Penny. He's on he's undrafted right now. I mean, or might be going super, super, super late. He's he's the late-round end-of-draft flyer right uh, now. Rashad Penny, can you justify his early 40s ADP? Early 40s ADP when knowing Chris Carson might be the starter, knowing Chris Carson has ADP in the 120s? Uh, not it's it's harder. That's tough. It's getting harder, you know. That is tough to justify that price right there. It was. I think it was a little easier to justify it in say early May. Yeah. You know when it when everybody sort of believed that Rashad Penny was going to walk in and take that gig, and you didn't know what the health situation was for Chris Carson either. Right. But if he's good, if he's good, and if he's going to be the starter, not even if he's going to be the starter. If he's at least going to take enough carries, if they're going right. to rotate. Oh my gosh, that's exactly. Oh, you know what? This series, Chris Carson, you right. got it. This series, Rashad Penny, you got it. We're gonna switch off series. Right, and then oh. you know, and then just to you know really screw us up, they'll throw on the occasional CJ Pro size. <laughs> right, exactly. JD, on third down, JD, JD McKissick, McKissick. You know, no, <laughs> no, I don't want that. No, do not give me that at all. Um, yeah, no, man. I, I mean, I'm looking at Rashad Penny's uh, price right now, and he's going around guys, other running backs like Alex Collins. Derrick Henry, Jay Ajayi, Kenyon Drake. Um, give me all of those guys. I'm really starting to buy in more on Jay Ajayi, by the way. Hell just, yeah. Just as an aside. Come like, on. You know, Let's go. I was skeptical, but like the more I look at it, the more I'm starting to buy in. I mean, even Lamar Miller's going you know, significantly later than Rashad Penny, and I think Lamar Miller's locked in to an extensive workload. I mean, all those guys that you mentioned have a clearer path to getting the ball a lot. Ronald Jones in that in that price target range as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, that's not even by the way, that's not even including the wide receivers here, okay? I mean, we got guys like Golden and again, guys Golden Tate, Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, I look at a, a, a an early 40s price tag for Rashad Penny. I just don't see myself ever drafting him there. Not with all those names still on the board. I can't I can't see myself doing it. Now, if we get down to 60, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, 100%. Marvin Jones, Deion Lewis, Tariq Cohen, Tevin Coleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about right. Yeah. I think that's about right. Those guys are in timeshares right. or, or, you know, might be battling or whatever it might be. I think that sounds about right. These other guys, I mean, I would much rather take Alex Collins, Jay Ajayi, Kenyon Drake. And absolutely. I, just, I think I think it's just, you know, again, it's, it's a potential rotational back in what could be a really bad offense this year. True. It just could be a bad offense. True, true, true. I mean, I, I buy all of that. You know, this is like a, you know, just sitting around, just chatting with folks. It, I mean, this could be a five or six win team. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, this, I mean, they could win 10 games just on the back of Russell Wilson. Maybe. It could. It could happen. But, I mean,. I mean, it's a you know, we always hear it's a quarterback, ladies, quarterback. It is. And, and Russell's been I- incredible, no but doubt about it. You also it. have four games against the Rams and 49ers that are much improved. Oh, boy. you got the you know two more games against the Cardinals. We were sort of a wild card. Who knows what they're going to be? I mean, just the schedule does not really shake out well right, right, right. for Seattle this no, year. I hear you. So, oh, hear you. you know, it's, it's, it's all – it all makes me nervous. Okay. Uh, Mike Kliss of Nine News Denver, uh, one of the, again, you talk about respected beat writers for, you know, their respective teams here. Mike Kliss is all over the Denver Broncos. Uh, if you don't follow him for Broncos news, you should. He's a great follow there. Mike Kliss of Nine News Denver believes Devontae Booker, Devontae Booker is going to be the week one starter. Royce Freeman, uh, he does not believe will will be that guy. Devontae Book. I mean, look, he, he still said Royce Freeman's got a great upside and, and he's going to be, you know, used significantly in this offense. But Devontae Booker is going to be the week 
one starter. We talk about prices here. Mid-50s ADP for Royce Freeman. 140s for Devontae Booker. Uh, that price needs to level out. Uh, I mean, mid-50s for Royce Freeman, 140s for Devontae Booker, and I'm a big Royce Freeman guy. I'm a big Royce Freeman guy. But, uh, MG, your thoughts on on that price for the rookie out of Oregon? Do not want. Do not want. I, but I also, admittedly, I, I just I haven't I haven't drank the Kool Aid on, on Royce, Royce Freeman. Freeman. You saw him play quite a bit last. I year. did. Yeah. You know, and I thought he was I thought he was I was very good in the context of the Oregon offense. Um, you know, and and maybe this is sort of my uh, a little bit of of bias in that. In that Seemingly, running backs from that offense have had a tough time adjusting. Okay. You know, and I, I don't want this to sound like Oregon running backs, am I right? But, <laughs> but you know, they've been kind of running that same style of offense for a while there, and, yeah. the, and some of those guys just haven't translated. So maybe that has something to do with it. I also, the fact that this, the Bronco offense is not yeah, that good. It's just nah. I mean, Case right Keenum there at quarterback, you think it's a sli- at least a slight upgrade. It is an upgrade. I, I mean, I, look. Devontae Booker has not been great in his first couple NFL seasons, and the fact that this is even a conversation at all yeah. says something to me about where Royce Freeman is right. And now. again, it's not—it's—I mean, it's not some random guy. It's Mike Kliss. Mike Kliss is so tapped in to the Denver Broncos organization when he says Devontae Booker is, you know, most likely going to be your Week One starter. That—that that carries a lot of weight with me, man. Right. So, uh, and again, I, I've been a guy that has loved Royce Freeman. I think to your point, you talk about Oregon running backs maybe potentially um, struggling a little bit in the NFL. Um, I mean, to be fair, some of those guys were like LaMichael James. They're also little, very little small, dudes. very yeah, small guys. Yeah, yeah, and Royce true. Freeman's not that dude. He's That's a big true. boy. Um, and, and I think part of what they did there in, in Oregon, too, when they ran that very, very high-tempo offense was guys were not used to playing uh, multiple series in a row. They would rotate right. backs in and out, in and out, in and out a lot. Uh, Royce Freeman, to me, is, I think, going to be a pretty good fit for this offense. I was surprised to read this, quite honestly, because Devontae Booker comes from that Utah system, um, and I think they play a little bit more power there. Royce Freeman, obviously, from a spread offense. Well, Bill Musgrave's their their offensive coordinator there in Denver, and all indications are, I mean, again, this is a guy that coached under Chip Kelly. This is a guy that has installed spread offenses um, or spread concepts anyway everywhere he's gone. So if he does that again here in Denver, and there's no reason to think that he won't, I, I think Royce Freeman's that guy. Hey, listen, I would love for Royce Freeman's price to drop so I could just nab him. <laughs> nab him up. Just give it to me at 60. I love it. You by, know, by the way, um, so our, our our pal Dan Hans is for from the around the NFL team. Yeah, um, he wrote a piece a couple weeks ago about the the nicknames you can find for players on okay. Pro Football Reference. You know, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, as, as, as as we were having this discussion, I looked up Devontae Booker's numbers and I I see his nickname here. What what is it? What? <laughs> book mode. Book mode. Yes. So I guess they wanted to say Beast Mode, but because his last name is Booker, book mode. I mean, like that just sounds like. That sounds book like what you tell your mode. friends in college, like they want to go out and party, and you're like, "Yeah, man, I I'm in book mode. I'm right in book now. mode, baby. I'll catch you. I'll catch up to you guys later. I'm in book mode now. I like it. <laughs> you know who should actually co-op that name is my boy Patrick Laird, uh, up for the Cal Bears, because first of all, he has he started a reading campaign in uh, in the off season. Okay. Uh, where if you read a certain amount of books and, and do book reports, uh, he has teamed up with Cal Football to give a family four pack of. Uh, of tickets 
to you if oh. you if you read a certain amount of books. There you go. Uh, and also his touchdown celebration after touchdowns mm-hmm. is to then go into the end zone and then open up a fake book. There you go. He needs to be. He's got to be book mode. And it oh, and it all ties in. Marshawn Lynch went to Cal. Wow. It's so perfect. I'm sending that up to Patrick. Clare. It's so perfect. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I think he follows me on Twitter. Maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll maybe I'll, I'll send him a. I don't know. He needs to be book mode though. Yep. That that's what needs to. It's got to happen. I don't know how we went down this road. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, I love the fact that Mike Kliss gives us a super deep sleeper as well. I mean, we're talking that a boy Mike danger zone level here. Okay, Philip Lindsay. From the University of Colorado, speaking of the Pac-12, Philip Lindsay from the University of Colorado. This is per Mike Kliss, okay? Mm-hmm. Quote, Musgrave developed a speed package of tosses and swing passes for Lindsay. So he's developed plays for the speedy running back out of the University of Colorado. So that's just, I mean, I'm not saying he's a draftable yeah, like, dude. I'm not falling for the Cordero Patterson banana in the tailpipe <laughs> again. I'm not saying he's a draftable asset, Philip Lindsay. I'm just saying... He's going to be one of the – you know what he's going to be. He's going to be totally uh, a that-helps-no-one guy. <laughs> and then and then he'll morph into this, you know, deep sleeper type dude. But, man, he is absolutely going to ruin somebody's uh, Royce Freeman slash Devontae Booker touchdown for sure. <laughs> for sure. I could totally see a goal to go, some kind of random jet sweep. Here comes – you know, a, a little toss out to, to, to Philip Lindsay who takes it around the edge for a touchdown. Everyone's going to be saying, who in the hell is Philip Lindsay? <laughs> I'm just calling it right now. Hey, the Chargers, they're still open to bringing back Antonio Gates. If this happens, what are the expectations for the old man, um, considering that Hunter Henry is not in the mix? I mean, Antonio Gates, obviously, he's got great rapport with Philip Rivers. He, he has lost seven steps <laughs> over the last three years, but... Starting tight end uh, for a Chargers offense that a lot of folks are expected to be pretty good. And again, there's already that built-in chemistry with Phillip Rivers. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what are the expectations that you may potentially have if Antonio Gates goes back to the L.A. Chargers? Uh, not good. Not good. Um, I mean, so last year, and I know Hunter Henry was there, and they were sort of you know splitting snaps and yeah, targets yeah, a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Gates gave you... 30 catches, 316 yards, and three touchdowns. Not good. And that was with a concerted effort early in the year to get him the football because they were right. trying to get him that tight end touchdown record. Um, they finally did it. He sort of faded into Bolivian. Um, and I just – even if he comes back, like, I just don't know – Has he stayed in shape? Does he want to play football? Right. I mean, the fact that, you know, he, he was a free agent this whole time. Right. And no one even knocked on the door – that's true. Says a lot. You know, I mean, this is a guy who is he just turned 38 last month. Yeah. Um 38. 38 years Amazing. old. In fact, um Amazing. When uh just just for laughs. Okay. When Antonio Gates was born, oh god. The number one song on the Billboard <laughs> charts <Yes>. was <laughs> Funky Town by Lips Inc. Oh no. Really? Yes. Oh. Funky Town. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> was, oh boy. Was finishing its three week run atop the Billboard charts oh in 1980 God. when he was born. So That's the one that goes dun 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 dun. dun. Yeah. Uh-huh. Won't you take me down yeah. to Funky Town? Yes. Oh um. So I, I I don't have many expectations for for Antonio Gates. I mean, I honestly, think for him, you know, 50 catches, 500 yards would be huge. Sure. That's not enough for me to spend a draft pick on him. Okay. Uh. 
just kind of looking at his first five weeks from 2017, okay? Uh, 20 targets over the first five games, 11 receptions, 99 yards, and a touchdown. So that's not even yards per target five. <laughs> that's uh, not good. Not good. That's uh, not great, baby. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, uh, obviously, no expectations there for Antonio Gates, but he's a fun name to have. He's one of my favorite players of all time. So what the hell? I'm going to throw him into the rundown because I can, baby. <laughs> <coughs> we go to quarterback now. Um, this is not really news per se, but there's so much chatter now. And the more I think about it, the more intrigued I get. Because at first, and we're talking about the Baltimore quarterback situation, Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco. Does Lamar Jackson supplant Joe Flacco at some point this season? And at first I was thinking to myself, there's a 0% chance that that's going to happen. Um, and if it does, I don't care. Rookie quarterback, what the hell? I don't, I, they, they have limited weapons. I don't, I don't care about Lamar Jackson. And and literally, there was so many. I remember the online debates that would happen regarding Lamar Jackson. And I was like, I'm about to mute the word (laughs) Lamar Jackson (laughs) from my timeline. Um, And it's obviously died down a lot. But now that training camps are about to open here, and and, and they basically have actually for a a number of teams as well, um, that conversation now has started again. I, I guess... The more I start thinking about it, Marcus, I I actually start getting a little bit more intrigued by the the specter of Lamar Jackson. Am I just getting caught up in the wash, or, or nope. is there something to it? No, I, I've been saying for a while that I think Lamar Jackson will be the starter before the year is out. Okay. I totally believe that. Well, um, what are we talking here, week 10 or week 4? I think some of that depends on Joe Flacco. Okay. Um, if Flacco starts out slow, yeah. then we see Jackson sooner. If, if Flacco is just okay and we start to see this team kind of fade out of the playoff race, then it ends up being a little bit later. But I think at some point he will be the starter. Um, you know, he's a, a dynasty quarterback that I, I missed out on, but, you know, yes. just because of the, the, you know, the way the draft worked out, but I think is going to be a great option. Um, and I think it's a situation where his receivers, they aren't necessarily great. I mean, Michael Crabtree on paper is, is kind of the best guy they've got in there right he's now. definitely longer in the tooth as well. Right. But he's good enough that when, yeah, you, he's have, good enough. Yeah, when yeah. you have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, that erases a whole lot. I mean, you know, I, you mentioned Deshaun Watson here in the rundown. Obviously, he had Nuke, which is a huge plus. Will Fuller. Will Fuller. Yeah, um, a lot of speed on the outside. Right. But I don't know that Lamar needs great – Lamar didn't have great receivers at Louisville. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had he had some kind of crappy receivers at Louisville. They had a lot of drops and stuff. So That's true. That's true. To get a guy like Michael Crabtree in there, I think, does a lot for him. And, and so he's a guy that, you know – I can't advocate in redraft leagues spending a draft pick on him. Not even 15, 16 round. <sighs> I just because you'd have to you'd have to hold on to that lot. You'd have to hold on to that a long on. time. Right. I mean, like you know, a <laughs> long time. It could be week four. It could be week fourteen. You just don't know. But the moment you're, you really going to do that for a quarterback? No, that's the thing. Yeah. But the moment the moment you start hearing buzz. About Go get him. The moment, the, the moment you, you, you fire up the old interwebs and you see that story that says Lamar Jackson has taken snaps with the ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. go get him. Okay. Go get him. Um, I, I throw out the Deshaun Watson thing, and I just – I don't know. Would that be fair? I, I mean, they're both these dynamic, you know, mobile quarterbacks. People have questioned, you know, Deshaun Watson's accuracy just like they've uh, questioned Lamar Jackson's accuracy, but – I mean, I know it's not fair because Deshaun Watson came out gangbusters, and that we may never see that again. I mean, that was just insano. Right. Um, the rampage that he was putting on the league when he first got in. So, obviously, we may never see that again. But 
can we get a little taste of it? Just a little taste. Can we get a little taste of that from Lamar Jackson? I think so. Because the dude's just so dynamic. I mean, their their skill sets are similar. Um, yeah, I, I really do think so. I think, you know, some of it – look, admittedly, part of the reason Deshaun Watson got in and was successful was because the Texans' offensive line was, was bad. I mean, that got their starting quarterback hurt. Then they put Deshaun Watson back there because he could sort of evade capture. Right, right, right. Uh, and, and it worked out. But Lamar Jackson, I just – I don't know. I love his skills. I love his ability. And – like we all know, quarterbacks who can run are kind of a cheat code. Yeah, yeah. And he can certainly do that. You know what I would say, too? Uh, the specter of Lamar Jackson doesn't necessarily mean that much, I don't think, for, for Joe Flacco because he's going undrafted, and, and why the hell would you draft Joe Flacco? Right. But uh, to me, it at least increases the upside increases the upside for somebody like Crabtree and especially for somebody like Alex Collins. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Alex Collins is even going to be the starter, but if he's the starter, and I love I love Collins, man. I, I think he's a great football player um, playing in a system that is perfect for him. Mm-hmm. John Harbaugh has done such an amazing job generating the run. I mean, we talk about two-fifths of their offensive line got decimated um, right before season start, started. Right. John Urschel, you know, retired and then, uh, Marshall Yonda got a season-ending injury. I, I mean, I mean, we're, I, look, th- they still were able to generate a run. So now they've stabilized that. They've had an offseason. They've added some pieces, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, I think about Lamar Jackson, and think about what Deshaun Watson did to Lamar Miller. Mm-hmm. That's what I start thinking about for true. somebody like Alex Collins. Very so true. that's at least in the range of possibilities. Now, is it going to happen? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Maybe not. But at least, at least that specter looms, and it gets me. I'm already excited about Alex Collins. I'm already excited about Alex Collins. This makes me a little bit more excited. Dear John Harbaugh, if you are listening to this podcast, which, which I know you do. I mean, who does? Who does? Uh, obviously. We've got billions of listeners. Um, can I please, please? <laughs> John Harbaugh, Marty Morningweg, can, can we just get some RPOs with Lamar well, Jackson well, and uh, Alex Collins? A couple Collins? of RPOs, yeah. Like, could you imagine being an, an, like an edge rusher, an outside linebacker, and oh. you've got to make that decision? Nope. Like, come on, man. Come on, bro. Let's do this. <laughs> let's make it happen. Come on. Make it happen. All right, let's get to this uh, terrific piece. I love this piece that you wrote here, Marcus Grant. Best players you're not drafting. You can find it at NFL.com slash fantasy, or just go to the writer page, man, NFL.com slash grant all right we'll run down a few of these names here i won't give the whole damn thing away because i want to i want the folks to man go there. we need them clicks get them clicks baby get them clicks man <laughs> all right we'll talk about a few guys though here uh you talked about the washington pass catchers paul richardson josh Doxson. talk to me about uh first of all where they're going and and, and what you like about their prospects. well i mean these are guys again they're going very late in drafts i mean extremely late the whole the whole point is these are guys who are going you know 14th, 15th round, undrafted in a lot of situations. Yeah. And, and, you know, just, they're just kind of hanging out there where your draft capital is little to nothing to get some of these guys. And, you know, Jamison Crowder obviously is there, and he's going to see a lot of opportunity. But you're talking about two kind of tall, lean, athletic guys on the outside who we know can get down the field. And I don't know, they can get up and go get the football. I mean, go we saw it. Josh Doxson do it last year with he loves Cousins. Yeah. Um, you know, Paul Richardson – you don't remember a lot of his catches, but nope. the ones you do are memorable because they're usually ridiculous where he's, you know, doing a somersault or something and making a, a one-handed catch, you know, and, and toe-tapping on the corner of the end zone. Right. Having those guys with Alex Smith, who turned over a new leaf last year and looked like a guy who was willing to go downfield and challenge defenses deep, 
you give him these two guys on the outside with a head coach that I still believe in Jay Gruden has yeah. still has an arena football kind of mentality to the way he calls the game. Yes. Um it just it just seems to be so good potentially. And and again, because you're not spending a lot on these guys draft wise, nope. if they pan out, you look great. If they don't, you know, you, you cut bait after a few weeks and it's not really a big deal. I'll tell you this about Paul Richardson, and I've, you know, sp- spent a lot of uh, digital ink hyping this man. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Although I think he eats tacos with ketchup. Oh, he's a, he's that dude. I might need so. to take him. I might need to take him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he's so. Ad- By the way, he's so adamant about it too. It's like, oh, this is the only thing that you 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 need on your tacos. I'm like, no. oh no, you didn't do that. No. No. You put ketchup on your tacos, bro. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know what to make of that. But <clears throat> let me just <laughs> let me just say this. I've said this many times. Is that uh, Paul Richardson to me, anyways, is is the much more finessed. Uh, uh, he's the better route runner of the two. Josh Doxson, I think, is just way more of a physical freak. He's just way more of a physical freak. I mean, he's just a beast. Um, that being said, Paul Richardson, I think, is a more technical receiver. He's six feet tall. Uh, he ran a four four forty. So a 4.40 yard dash, a lot of fours there. <laughs> um, but the guy's got the speed, man. He had a 38 inch vertical as well, so he can go up and get it as well. Again, is he in the same you know stratosphere as Josh Doxson as a pure athlete? No, no, he is not. Josh Doxson is an absolute freakazoid athlete, uh, and that's what you love. But so many targets. Uh, are available there, I think, for Paul Richardson as well. And you talk about draft capital. I mean, uh, Josh Doxson going in the 150s, jo- uh, Paul Richardson going in the 180s. Yeah. I mean, these guys are free. Yeah, these guys, I mean, you're, you're not you're not giving up a lot. There's not a lot of risk involved in, in grabbing these And I think, look, I, let, me, let me take the voice of the, 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 the counter-argument uh, for, for the folks out there. If you say Jordan Reed, I'm walking out of this room. <laughs> Come on. You okay. think I'm going to say Jordan Reed? Come on. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I think a lot of folks are worried about um, Jameson Crowder, yeah, and, and Chris Thompson as well. No, I, and I, I get that, I understand that, but this is still an offense that wants to attack downfield. They right. still want to go downfield, and, and Chris Thompson, for all the great things he does, he's he's not a downfield threat per se. Mm. Um, you know, Jameson Crowder is a nice option, but you know, as a slot receiver, he's not necessarily going to challenge defenses a lot downfield. Not when you've got the two guys on the outside. So I understand, I understand that concern, I really yeah. do. But I, I'm not, I don't know. I still think, I still think the risk. Uh, and what you're spending draft-wise is worth the potential reward. I think I think about it, too. I just break it down mathematically. I, I know I'm not allowed to do that on a fantasy. <laughs> podcast, I, I break it down mathematically here. I mean, let's say Chris Thompson out of the backfield, uh, you know, sees four or five targets. Let's say J- Jameson Crowder sees four or five targets. I mean, this is an offense that's going to be throwing the ball 35 to 50 times a game. Right. I mean, there's still plenty of meat there's on still, that bone. There's man. a lot of opportunity out there. You know what I'm saying? A lot of opportunity. All right, talk to me about Rashard Matthews there in Tennessee. Why are folks overlooking Rashard Matthews? Uh, I think it's because the Titans' offense is just meh. Let me, let me pull this up so I can – I will read to you how I described it. Uh, the Titans' passing game generates as much excitement as a TED Talk on the comparative merits of bluegrass versus fescue. <laughs> I mean, it's just – I would watch that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I forgot. You did have Jamie <clears throat> grow for That's a while. Right. So, yeah, I get that. Right. Um, it's just 
nothing about the Titans' offense is exciting, you know. And I know people are hyping Corey Davis, and they're hoping yeah, that this yeah, is yeah, the year yeah. of Deion the, Lewis, right? Deion yeah. Lewis, and maybe this is the year that we finally get the huge Marcus Mariota breakout. Ooh, but yeah. in general, I mean, there's just nothing, or there's very little about it that excites people. But Rashard Matthews, year in and year out, continues to be a consistent option. Okay, he's that guy who one, well, he, he stays healthy, he's always on the field, and he he always seems to end up with the football in his hands. I mean, you know, last year. 53 catches, 795, four touchdowns. It's not. I know it's not eye popping. It's no, not no. going to blow anybody away. But we're talking about guys that you're you're getting at the end of the draft. Oh guys that you're using yeah. to kind of fill out your roster, be flex options, be bye week options. And Rashard Matthews has had that level of consistency. And I think we just kind of overlook him. I mean, he was second on the team in receiving yards behind Delaney Walker last year. So, by the way, can that hold up? I mean, can Delaney walk? I mean, the I guy's getting up there he's in age. He's getting up there also. He, he will be uh, – he's 33. He'll be 34 in I about mean, a month. It, uh, unless you're the Patriots, man, you, you you can't run your offense through – your vertical offense through your, your tight. tight end, can you? I, I mean, can what, you? I guess if you're the Chiefs and you got Travis Kelsey maybe? That's about it. I mean, even then it was Tyreek Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't. You can't do it, can you? I just. I don't know. So you know, Rashard Matthews, another one of those guys who's just. He's just steady and he's just consistent, and maybe yeah. maybe he's not a sexy name, right? But he produces. By the way, it's it's fair to remind folks too. It's a new coaching staff. Yes. It's a new, so we we haven't seen anything yet. We on don't tape. know exactly what's going to happen. You you can't. It's hard to transpose last year's tape, and then say, well, hey. <laughs> Well, this is Richard Matthews. We've seen this guy. It's like, well, yeah, okay, calm down. You know, because, I mean, (laughs) he was playing some random thing called an exotic exotic Smash Mouth. Yeah. We we don't know what that is. We weren't sure what that was. It was like spread with, like, you know, power mixed in. Whatever that means. (laughs) Okay, I don't know. I don't know what that means. But I don't think it's fair to say, well, we saw this last year. Thereby, we're going to see – that in 2018 it's a brand new coaching staff who the hell knows right uh what it's going to look like i'll tell you what the building blocks are at least there marcus mariota certainly i love everyone loves the offensive line they might have the best offensive line in all of football so the building blocks certainly there uh, and i tell you what you're, you're not going to go you know cover two on this team not with derrick henry and Deion lewis back no. there nope what are you going to do what are you going to do there's going to be a lot of one-on-one coverage for Richard Matthews next year, and, and I agree with you. I think he's a pretty good player. Right now he's got a, an ADP in the low 130s, early 140s. So, again, we're talking about a dude that's going round 12 later, maybe not even being drafted in a lot of leagues as well. All right, talk to me about Naheem Hines. Oh, I know you want to talk about Naheem Hines. He's got that 40 time, he's baby. He's got that 40 time. He's got that 40 time. Um, I will say that he's, <laughs> one of the, he's one of the few Colts players where you can kind of talk about him without saying the words – if Andrew Luck is healthy. <laughs> Good point. You know? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not necessarily impacted by that. Um, You know, I mean, Marlon Mack looks like he's probably going to be the starter in this offense, but it's not like he's got a firm grasp on the job and he's going to just absorb all these opportunities. Yeah, it's not like he's going to be the first, second, third down bank. Right. I mean, he's no Jordan Howard, you know. He's man. no Jordan Howard. So, uh, so that means there's opportunity there for Hines. You know, Robert Turbin is, is facing a suspension, might not even be on the roster by the time we get to week one. There are opportunities there. And, and you know, Hines was kind of one of those those mini camp wonders. Like you got one of you know those stories yeah. written about him, about how he's lining up all over the field. Oh, and People were getting frothy in the mouth talking right. about everybody's getting yeah. all fired up you know he's like the biggest thing that hit indianapolis since st elmo's so you know everybody is like fired up about naheem hines 
I was trying to hope maybe you do a spit take. I saw you drinking water. I'm like, let's see if I can get him to spit take right now. (laughs) Um, So, you know, again, this is a guy we're talking about as a running back, a late round guy, maybe a probably a waiver wire guy in most leagues, but has the opportunity if he if he does legitimately get that role as kind of that that Swiss Army knife um, to be productive. Like I said, I I don't know that I would advocate spending a draft pick on him, but he's one of those guys that. You know, can I it maybe? be a throwaway fifteenth rounder? Or? Sure. I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's I have no problem with that. But at least know, in a twelve teamer, right? I mean, Ten team, no. Probably not. Ten but, team, no. But he's definitely one of those names you keep in your back pocket when you because know, this is what inevitably happens, right? You yeah. finish drafting, you look at your team, okay. And usually one or two picks in there, you're like, why did why I did draft I that? that guy? That's a good point. So when you're looking point. at that and you see that guy, like you yeah. know, maybe maybe take a chance on Hines. Hey, why not? We talk about the forty time, a four three eight forty. So a f- sub 4-4 four, four for this kid out of North Carolina State, 5'8", 198 pounds. Uh, so a smallish back, no doubt about it, but, man, the speed certainly uh, is intriguing. I don't know if you saw any game tape on uh, Naheem Hines as well, but he is an absolute home run hitter. You know what's interesting, too, is Marlon Mack is a home run hitter. He is. I like Marlon Mack coming out of college. So what's uh, – I mean, they need a grinder. I don't know who that might be. Look, man, Frank Reich, I think, is is the right guy to get these guys moving in the right direction. I like that hire. I like that hire a mm-hmm. lot. Um, and again, if if uh, Andrew Luck is there, if Andrew Luck is there, and he's <laughs> and if if he's if he's seventy percent Andrew, I, we don't need a hundred percent Andrew Luck. Hundred percent Andrew Luck is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We right. need we need seventy percent Andrew Luck. That's what we need. Well, consider we've had zero percent. We've had Luck zero. The last couple of years. That's exactly right. <laughs> Give me seventy percent Andrew Luck, man. Give me that dude. But no, this is uh this is certainly a guy that's injury. Anytime we talk about these smallish guys with with good athletic profiles, I'm, I always think about. I don't know. This is gonna sound a little bit weird, but uh, you know, can can this guy give me a Danny Woodhead? type season at the running back position can it give me 400 400 with you know 30 catches because if that's the if that's what we're talking and we're talking you know maybe five to eight touchdowns i don't think any of us here in this room talking about naheem himes gonna give you 12 hundo no and, and 10 touchdowns that's not that's not in the that's not in the ballpark that's not you know in the calculations here right for naheem himes but can he give you a Danny Woodhead season? Can he give you 400-400 with 35 catches and five to eight touchdowns? And if he can, I'm 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 all about it. That's an and if he's putting that in consistently, that's not a bad bye week filler nope. flex guy for you, especially at running back. Especially at running back, because right. you know injuries are going to hit. Injuries are going to happen. Everybody you know gonna, injuries at are some point. Hit. People are going to be scrambling for running backs. Yes. And if you have that guy, you can plug in and be okay. And at least. Again, maybe not win you a week, but but not lose you. They keep That's you afloat right. on a week-to-week basis. That's exactly right. Can this guy give you somewhere between 8 to 15 PPR fantasy points? Can he do it? Uh, that's that's what we're hoping for when we talk about smallish backs that are going to be rotational uh, but with great athletic profile. We're just looking for that Danny Woodhead season, man. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. All right, who else you want to talk about on this list, man? I listed just about damn near everybody. I don't know who you want to talk about, though. Uh, let's talk Mike Williams, actually. Let's talk Mike Williams, other than it's interesting, especially because we talked uh, Antonio Gates and, and the Chargers, and yeah, I think yeah, what yeah. happened at the tight end spot has a big impact on Mike Williams. I mean, Good point. I think they were going to start to work him in more, hoping that he's healthy and he's yeah. ready to go after last year. Okay. But now we knew, you know, we knew with Gates gone, they were gonna, they were not going to run as many two tight end sets. 
now there's no Hunter Henry. So I expect the Chargers to be a lot more three wide receivers, which means Mike Williams is going to be on the field a whole lot more. Um, the biggest question for him is what kind of rapport he's built with, with Phillip Rivers because we know Rivers does not suffer fools. and he does, not, <laughs> he does not want somebody out there who doesn't know what he's doing. So right. as long as Mike Williams right. has you know figured things out, uh, he and Phil are on the same page and they're cool, this really could be kind of the, the big leap forward for Mike Williams this year. I mean, it's funny, too, whenever I think about Mike Williams, how he just fits that, you know, Phillip Rivers, Chargers, doesn't matter what city they're in, the Chargers archetype of big wide receiver yep. just streaking downfield. Phillip yep. Rivers saying, ah, screw it, go get it, big guy, and just tossing it down there. I mean, whether we're talking about, you know, somebody like Vincent Jackson <laughs> – back in the day you know it just it doesn't matter the guy's gonna throw it down there you know it's so great um and yeah i'm 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 intrigued i'm excited this is mike williams is definitely a guy uh that i wrote about in bargains that i think again you're getting this guy for free what is it? he's going like in the 150s or, right. or I mean, later look he had 11 catches in 95 yards last year yeah no, yeah, yeah no yeah. one's checking for mike williams right <laughs> now. You know that's, a good point. that's a good point that's a good point but man i'm excited about mike williams. i mean keep in mind too man this is a guy that was a beast, uh, just a beast in college. Mm -hmm. He was balling. So, yeah, so there you go. Uh, uh, very quickly, I know there's a lot of Dallas fans listening out there, too. Why Michael Gallup? This is a, da a Dallas offense that i got to be honest with you, MJ. I I'm avoiding, man. I mean, unless I'm getting Zeke, I, I, I get don't it. want any piece of this Dallas offense. Why Michael Gallup? I get it. Um, I mean, one, I, I liked his talent coming out of college. Okay. Um, but he landed in a situation where – there are targets galore to be had, you know? I mean, true. Jason Witten retires. Des Bryant is still a free agent right now. Right. I mean, you know, who, who's going to defend that wall? You, Terrence Williams? <laughs> you, Alan Hearns? You, you Lieutenant <laughs> Caffey? Like, I mean, who's going to do that, right? Like, sure. Alan Hearns is probably going to be the number one receiver on this team. Okay. But, you know, the, the Cowboys cannot live on Hearns alone. They've got to spread the ball around. And, and Michael Gallup is, I think, going to get plenty of opportunity to, to make up – to be an impact player this year um i will say this i don't know where do you think michael gallup will play because alan everyone's projecting alan hearns to be an outside wide receiver but you know when i looked at his next gen stats um and i don't have it in front of me here but he just did a off lot the top of, of slot head, work yes, in jacksonville in jacksonville a lot of slot work i i and i and again don't quote me here i don't have the number right in front of me here but the last two years i believe I believe more than 65% of, uh, of Alan Hearns' work came from the slot. That's a lot. It is. But, I mean, this is also a team that still has Cole Beasley, and they still have Cole Beasley light and Ryan Switzer, or did he, uh, did he move on? I think Ryan Switzer got traded. I think, I think you're right. No, no, he did. I think he's, he's did. gone now. So, yeah. so you know, still Beasley <laughs> so, there, dropping bars. So they still got, yeah, Bees. Um <laughs> You know, so they 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 seem to have a slot guy. I I would think that Hearns moves to the outside, and then Gallup kind of ends up as the guy on the other side. I, you know, I would I would expect he battles with Terrence Williams and the like in training camp, but I don't I just don't know how he doesn't get that opportunity. I didn't watch a ton of Michael Gallup tape. I saw him. I saw you know a game mm -hmm. um, of his, and uh, you know I've seen some highlights of Michael Gallup as well. He went to Colorado State, so if you've never heard of Michael Gallup, I don't blame you. It, but it's, yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, he's uh, he was a round three pick by the by the Cowboys, by the way. So the Cowboys saw something in him. They liked him. 
you talk about the overall stature and, and physicality of Michael Gallup. Pretty good, 6'1", 205. That's pretty good for a wide receiver. Uh, ran a 4'5", 140, so he's got the requisite, um, not terrific speed, but certainly at 6'1", 205, that's enough. I think that's enough mm-hmm. um, to me. And he played obviously a lot outside for uh, for Colorado State as well. So yeah, man, I, I wouldn't be. I really, honestly, wouldn't be surprised if Michael Gallup is their. I don't want to say their X receiver, but it, could he be their primary downfield guy? Potentially, I, it's. Yeah, I think sure. I think that's absolutely at least in the realm of possibility. And again, I, I like Alan Hearns' game. He's very injury prone he's, though. If, as long as he stays healthy, he you know, again, I think he's going to be their number one receiver. I think he leads the team in targets, but you know, as that's a, a secondary receiver, <laughs> well, it is. But you know, this is this is where the Cowboys are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I should say that. I mean, there's, I guess it's possible that Zeke could actually lead the team in targets. That wouldn't. Oh. <laughs> that might not oh. be out of the realm of possibility oh, no. this year. <laughs> oh no! It might be true. It might uh, be true. Oh, Zeke's gonna get all the work, man. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that is so sad. I mean, I don't know who's their tight end. Uh, well, if you believe in the legend of Rico Gathers, is he? I mean, is he though? I don't even know they, who. They love his potential. Um, they 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 absolutely love his potential. They love his athletic profile. I have no so idea. So it's it it could be Rico Gathers. It could be Blake Jarwin. Um, Blake Jarwin. I think they spent a fourth round pick on Dalton Schultz from Stanford, but he's mostly a blocking, blocking tight end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Blake Jarwin sounds like a Star Wars character. Kind of does. Blake Jarwin. Like he he's been kicked out of the Imperial Senate. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like a he's yeah he's like a he's he he entered into the Jedi training program, but. But but failed out. But couldn't make it. You know what I mean? Right. Now he's just a now he's just a rogue. <laughs> just out there doing just things. Bitter. You know? Yeah, you know what I mean? In the outer reaches we, of, of the column. We'd be winning this war if they didn't kick me out. <laughs> Blake Jarwin. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, so yeah, if you want to read the rest of the best players you're not drafting, go to the website NFL.com slash fantasy or just go straight to the writer page. Just just tap it right into the veins, baby. NFL.com slash Grant. All right, so let's close out your show with a round of daily daps. Daps, 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 daps. Now we're talking no, about no. dog bites and <laughs> dipping. <laughs> daps, 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 daps. You know, if you like creepy rabbits, uh, this movie's for you. What a degenerate are Godzilla you? is down there. This is why I love this group of guys that were like, ah, whirlwind, there it goes, boom. Daily dap time. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what you got? Uh, one, I want to, I, I just want to daily dap the, the city of Portland. I, City of Portland. That's where I was uh, on vacay. It was a great time. P-Town? Um, yeah, man. It It is, as was described to me, it is hipster Disneyland. Hipster <laughs> Disneyland. Uh, we decided by the end of the week, I was with some friends, and by the end of the week, we sort of decided that to be a true hipster in Portland yeah. means that you, you have no tattoos or mustache. <laughs> So that's truly against the grain. Right, because that's what makes you hipster in the city of Portland. Um, but oh, I had a great time man. up there. It it's was, a great city. I it, love Portland. It was hotter than the hinges of hell. Was it? I figured, I'm, I'm leaving L.A. I'm going to yeah. Portland. It'll be cooler. No. Nope. Oh, that sucks. It was 100 degrees when I left oh, Portland. Hell, oh, no. Um, that sucks. Yes. Uh, so that, but that's to Portland. It was it was a good time. I had a great so time. So many uh, I got to meet I got to meet our Twitter pal Justice Mosqueda, who does you a great did? job on setting the edge podcast. That's great. Uh, yeah. So that was fun. Uh, also, a huge dap in general okay. to train travel. Train? Tra- oh, you took the train. Over? I took Amtrak from Los Angeles to oh, Portland. You did how long did that take you? Uh, Thirty hours. Thirty okay. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I look, I I pay a little extra. Got the roomette. 
Yeah. Where I, you know, have my own place to sleep. Yeah, buddy. But train travel, and like, I've done this a couple of times now, and every time I do it, I'm reminded how much more superior traveling by train is to traveling by plane. And, like, planes, airlines win, obviously, in terms of speed, right? Well, yeah. That, 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 is, <laughs> that is their, that is, I think, their one and only real advantage. Because okay. trains are, one, you don't have to deal with these security crap. You don't have That's to true. take your shoes and your belt off to go through a metal detector. It's beautiful. Um, you know, and it's, it's sort of like, it's all the joys of a road trip without the actual hassle of you having to drive. Yeah. And, you know, get gas and that sort of thing. So it's super comfortable. It's super comfortable. It's relaxing. Uh, if you've actually never slept on a train, it's it's comforting. I haven't done that one yet. Because uh, the train kind of rocks you to sleep. Ha! That gets, okay. That that motion, it sort of rocks you. To, you know how you, I mean, you know, you drive your kid around to try to yeah, get her yeah, to fall asleep sure, and stuff. Sure. Like it's basically oh, yeah. the same principle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so like if I always I tell people all the time, if you if you have the time to do it, understanding that not everybody you know can spend a day plus on a train, right? If you have the time to do it, I strongly recommend traveling by train somewhere There's in this a, country. Uh, I haven't. I've never gone past. Um Santa Barbara, but uh, it, does it still does it does does it give you a coastline view? Or? Only you know, th- th- I thought there would be more coastline than there is. Not really. Okay. Um, you get a couple hours of it, kind of around the Santa Barbara area. Yeah, uh, and like a little bit of the California Central Coast. You get yeah. you get some, but really you, you get maybe two hours worth of coastline. I got you. But you get further north, and you get into the the mountains and the forests, and okay. there's a lot of green and trees, and, and it's it's I mean it's a it's a different kind of beauty, but it's it's beautiful in its own way. That's why I always laugh when uh, whenever I think about quote unquote Northern California. Northern right. California, if you look at it on a map, it's actually what, central, like s- sort of central <laughs> California. California, right? Because I, you have to drive another seven hours I to f- get to the freaking border. I feel man. bad for the poor people up in like Eureka. Like no one talks about them anymore. <laughs> Eureka and then Wairica, Wairica, the very northern right. part of California. You know, nobody talks about like Grass Valley and whatever and way up there. What, what is that part of California even considered? Is it still considered uh, Northern California? It's called Oregon. It's it's Southern Oregon. <laughs> it's, it's Southern it's Oregon. Southern Oregon. Oregon. In Southern Oregon, baby. I feel bad our pal Dylan Milner uh, is actually from, like, northernmost California, too. He's, I thought he was from Sacktown. No, he, he, he claims Sacktown because it's the nearest metropolis to where he grew up. <laughs> but he's uh, he's actually, like, oh, almost. he's from the Cuddies? I didn't know he's, that. Uh, he's, like, closer to the, like, California-Nevada border up, you know, northern northern California. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, there you go. But, yeah, no, if you've, uh, if you've I, I, I would co-sign that, man. If you've never, tra- uh, you know, traveled by train, uh, you should absolutely find a way. If you live in the Southern California area, there's so many great train rides, too. L.A. to yeah. San Diego or San San Diego to Santa Barbara. I've done that one. I did the San Diego to Santa Barbara. Yeah, I imagine that's cool. And that is so much coastline. It's super cool, super comfortable. Um, and, yeah, it takes you some time. But I tell you what, driving from San Diego to Santa Barbara, that's no joke. Not bro. fun. It's not like you're saving that much time driving. Not you know to mention saying? that uh, on an airplane or in a car, I can't crack <laughs> open my own bottle of whiskey and hey, start drinking from it. Hey-o. So there you go. Hey, oh, there you go. <laughs> Producer Christina, what you got? Uh, well, your vacation sounded awesome. Thanks. Uh, I, the last week, saw two movies Ooh. in theaters. I don't normally get to the movie theater too often, okay. but I saw the What'd newest Sicario movie. Okay. That one was awesome. Okay. Uh, if you didn't see the first one, the first one's great. Uh, the second one I thought was even better. Wow. Um, nice. So, yeah, I really like that one. Totally different type of movie. Yes. I also saw Sorry to Bother You. Ooh, did you like I wanted I, to, I, want, I want to see that. I loved it. It was so funny. What is it about? Uh, basically, uh, this guy, he's trying to make ends meet. He gets a job working for a telemarketer company, 
and he has to change his voice to a white voice so that he sounds more appealing so we can what, sell what is more he? things. He's black. It's, oh, he's it's, black. It's starring Lakeith Stanfield yeah, uh, from, from Atlanta and uh, Get Out. Uh, if, you, if you see his photo, you probably would recognize him. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's very surreal from what I understand. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Good movie, though. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Definitely recommend it. Okay, there you go. Uh, I will daily dap the the listeners out there and, and everybody who's uh, kind of followed along. It's a it's a it is an emotional thing, man, for me. Um, and it's been a long ride. I've been here four years. Um, and as a matter of fact, by the time you listen to this podcast, I'll have you know done a whole thing on Twitter if you follow me there at James D. Kell, if you want to follow along. But uh, but yeah, but and I'll, I'll get more into this on Thursday's show, but, you know, just off the top, I figured it's just not, I mean, you know, why wait till Thursday? I'll just let <laughs> folks know. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. And, and the podcast to me, I don't know if, if people don't know this, the podcast to me has been very, very important. Uh, it's been my baby. Uh, I do a lot of work for the podcast. Yes, he does. A lot of, a lot of hosts on various podcasts, um, not only here, but throughout sports culture or sports media, rather, they just kind of sort of show up um, and they kind of sort of just rely on their producers to do a lot of the legwork uh, for me, you know, uh, and again, I don't know if, uh, if people care or even know, but I, I work on a lot of the drops. Uh, I work on the rundown exclusively. So I kind of formulate, you know, how the show sounds like, how the show feels like. Uh, and it really has been, intellectually stimulating it's been so great to to kind of flex some creativity as well um and this has been a great platform for me and and i'm really really honestly gonna miss it obviously i will miss uh the television side as well we had a great show there and i'll get into more of that on thursday but i just wanted to let the podcast listeners know man uh, i have definitely appreciated all the feedback that i've gotten both positive and negative (laughs) Uh, you guys have definitely followed along, and, and for all the folks that have um, been so supportive of the podcast and of me, I, I just can't say enough, man. That's the stuff that kind of gets me through, man. It, it really is. It it lights my life a little bit. So this has been my baby, man, and um, and it's going to be – it is going to be tough to walk away from it. Um, I, and, I'll, and I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. There's a possibility I could come back. Ooh. <laughs> it's kind of like Jon Snow. <laughs> it's kind of like Jon Snow, you know? The dude got killed off. I oh, this is spoiler alert. City. Okay, look if you haven't figured that out by now, like <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's, it's, That's true. It's been a couple seasons. It's been now. 2 years now, all right, bro. Anyways, Jon Snow got killed off, he comes back. But so I, that might be my situation. And again, I don't know. I'm not banking on it. And and quite honestly, I'm not going to wait to see if that happens before uh, I, I say goodbye to the listeners, man, because that's you guys have been so important to me. Um, and this has been a lot of fun, man. But uh, but yes, I'll get more into it on Thursday. Uh, follow along on Twitter if you'd like at James D. Co. But uh, for the most part, again, that's just um, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's thank you, James. Seriously, thanks, man. All right, man. For MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. For Christina as well, I'm James Coe. We'll see you on Thursday. We'll see you Thursday for the next episode.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.